Thank you, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. Wonderful to see everybody here today uh, to have our uh, guests with us and uh, our members as well. And uh, we're just delighted that we can come together and worship God in this way. One of our uh, guests with us today is Daryl Willis from uh, Eastern European Mission. And uh, I've known of the work of Eastern European Mission for a long time. And uh, it's a pleasure to have Daryl visiting with us today. He's uh, on his way out. He's leaving uh, this afternoon and heading back to, uh, to Texas. Uh, but he has placed some literature about Eastern European Mission on the table in the back. And if you'd like to pick some of that up and look at it, he would love for you to have it. Plus, he says that way he doesn't have to carry it home. Uh, so this is a dual mission that he's on, uh, informing you and lightening his load. And we're glad to help him with both. If you were to look in a Bible concordance and look up the words thankfulness, thanksgiving, thankful, and so forth, you would notice something interesting about it, that almost all of the uses of that word are by one writer in the New Testament, and that's Paul. There's a handful of uses of it in uh, the sayings of Jesus, a few in the book of Revelation, but almost 50 times Paul uses words uh, like that, words in that word group. And outside the teachings of Jesus and those few in Revelation, he has by far the most. What does that tell us? First of all, it tells us that Paul was a thankful man, and he often expresses his gratitude to God uh, in his letters. He was thankful for so many things. He was thankful that God had saved him. He was thankful that God allowed him to be his apostle because he knew that he was unworthy of that. He was thankful that God had answered his prayers on so many different occasions. He was thankful for his co-workers in, in the gospel, and he frequently mentions that. He was thankful for the churches to whom he wrote. Frequently in the beginnings, the introductions of his letters, there will be a section where he says, I thank God always in my remembrance of you, or I give thanks always for you, or something of that nature, because he was thankful for the people that he had been able to lead to Christ and others that he knew of who had been led to Christ by other people. So we know that Paul was a thankful man. But the other thing that tells us, his, his frequent use of these words, is that being thankful is an important spiritual quality. It's significant in our spiritual uh, makeup because Paul is teaching other Christians to be thankful as well. And that's what you see in the reading this morning from Colossians 3, verses 12 through 16. Because he told the Corinthians to put to death behavior that was unworthy of a Christian. He mentioned things like sexual immorality and passions and quarreling and covetousness and, and all of those kinds of things. He says, put to death, put all that to death uh, in you. Uh, and then to put on those things that were appropriate to Christian behavior and be like Jesus. And after listing several of the things that we should put on, he says in verse 15, and be thankful, and be thankful. But that's not an afterthought, because if you look in the next uh, verse, he, he says, uh, as he urges them to let Christ's word dwell in them richly, and tells them to admonish one another as they sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. But he isn't finished with the theme because right after that he adds, In whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks 
to God the Father through him. So for Paul, being thankful was not a Christian option. It wasn't just an add-on that some people have and some don't. Some Christians should be grateful and others not. It's actually who we are, isn't it? We are here today because we're thankful to God. We are gathered together. We offer our praise and our worship because we're thankful to God. Being thankful has some important spiritual functions in, in helping us attain spiritual maturity. That's what this is all about. That's what Paul's writing to the Colossians about. It's about attaining spiritual maturity because he'd said that in chapter 1, that that was his goal, to present every person mature in Christ. So how does being thankful help us become mature? Well, several ways. One is that being thankful helps us to put life in perspective. Did you know that thankful people are just much happier than people who aren't? And why is that? Well, it's because those who aren't thankful focus on what they don't have. They focus on their failures and their disappointments and the failures of others and the ways that others have disappointed them. Whereas thankful people focus on what they do have. They focus on the positive and the good things uh, about life. I think I told you once before a number of years ago, but I'm going to tell you about it again because this woman made a deep impression on my life a long time ago. Her name is Charlotte Compton. When Linda and I first moved to Anson, Texas, Rupert and Charlotte Compton were probably in their mid-80s. They were both very small people, and they were getting very feeble and kind of humped over, and you could tell you know, that there, there weren't good things ahead for them physically. And Before we had been there very long, they both ended up in the local nursing home. And after about a year, Rupert passed away and left Charlotte alone. They'd been in the same room in the nursing home, but when Rupert passed away, they moved somebody else into the room with Charlotte. And she was in that, that last room on the left down at the end of the hall in the local nursing home. And I would go by to see her every now and then. And her bed was up in the corner, and she was just usually lying there, just kind of all curled up. And, you know, you just sort of expect her to to just be so sad because she didn't have Rupert and so sad because she couldn't get out of bed and, and so sad because she couldn't be at worship. But she never was like that. Not one time. Her face would light up when anybody walked into the room and she'd start telling you how blessed she was. She'd start telling you how kind the people were to her that were taking care of her. She would tell you how wonderful it was to see you and how wonderful it was to see other people from the church that came by and just how grateful she was for all of them. And I never left her room that I didn't feel better from having been to see her. I went there to make her feel better, but, but it, it worked the other way. So when I, when I was kind of down, I'd go see Charlotte and, say, and then she'd make me feel better because she was so grateful. She was so thankful for so many things that had happened to her in her life and that were still happening to her in her life as far as she was concerned. And, and have you ever thought about being thankful for things that haven't happened in your life? Have you ever thought about being grateful that things could have really gone badly and they didn't? Things that could have gone wrong, but they went right instead. Paul was thankful that way. When he wrote 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 5 to 11, he talks about an affliction we experienced in Asia. And he said, So utterly burdened we were beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. 
And we felt that we had received the sentence of death. I don't know what that experience in Asia was. But it must have been horrible. Because Paul felt like he could have died. And, and he thought he had received a, a death sentence. But he was, he was thankful that it wasn't any worse. That he had lived through it. And by God's grace that... Uh, Things had not gone as badly as they could have. Because here's what he says. God delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. God delivered us from that deadly peril. So instead of focusing on how bad the experience was, because Paul doesn't even tell us what it was. I would have had to tell it, wouldn't you? I would have had to tell it. Whatever it was, I would have had to say, let me tell you what happened to me in Asia. And Paul just said, no, it was, it was something bad. We felt like we experienced the, you know, a death sentence, and, and that we despaired of life itself. But, but God was faithful, and God got us through it. He was so thankful that things didn't turn out as badly as they could have turned out. You may have heard of Matthew Henry. He was a 16th and 17th century preacher in Wales and in England. And uh, Matthew Henry is best known for the fact that he wrote a commentary on the entire Bible that, by the way, is still in print. Still in print, still being read, still being used today. But one day Matthew Henry was robbed, and the robber took his wallet. That's a bad thing. And, and later on, though, as, as Matthew Henry thought about this and reflected on it a little bit, it turns out he had a very positive perspective about the whole experience because as he reflected on it, he was thankful for four things, he said. He said, first of all, I'm thankful that this man had never robbed me before. That's pretty good, isn't it? I'm thankful he never robbed me. This is just once. He never robbed me before. I'm thankful for that, he said. Secondly, he said, I'm thankful that although he took my wallet, he didn't take my life. He didn't take my life. It could have been a whole lot worse. He could have killed me and taken my wallet, Henry said. Then the third thing, he says, he took all I had, but it wasn't much. You know, most of us would look at that and say, you know, I didn't have anything to begin with. And then this creep comes along and robs me. And, you know, now I've got him. He said, no, I, he took all I had, but it wasn't much. So he didn't feel so badly about it. And the last thing he says was, I'm glad that it was I who was robbed and not I who did the robbing. Let me tell you, that's the heart of a thankful man. That's the heart of a man who has life in perspective. He realizes how much worse things could have been, but they weren't. Probably each one of you this morning could think right now of something that you are thankful for that did not happen within the last year. You could readily think of something that, that maybe you dreaded, something you feared, something you thought might happen, something that looked like it was right on the verge of happening, and it didn't. And you're thankful for it. That's a good perspective on life. Most of you know that last month, uh, six of us were supposed to make a trip to Ukraine. We didn't get to go. That, this is my third trip in a row. It's been canceled. So I wasn't real happy about that. But, you know, we found out the day before we were supposed to leave that both the cities we were going to visit and work in in Ukraine were going to be shut down. And so if we'd gone ahead and gone over there, 
we probably would have been quarantined when we got there and would have enjoyed two weeks in a hotel and then come back. That would have been the end of it. That wouldn't have been very good. So we were thankful that we didn't get over there and that didn't happen. John Wojciechowski was thankful that he wasn't over there because a couple of days after we left, his mother was involved in a car accident and broke several bones and has needed his care since then, and he was thankful that he was here. Jenny Little, about a week after that, found out that she needed to go to Alaska and help take care of uh, some children, uh, her niece's children, because of a medical emergency. <laughs> there are things to be thankful for that didn't happen. Sometimes even things that we thought were going to be good, and it turns out it's a good thing they didn't happen. So thankfulness helps us put life in perspective. Being thankful also replaces a lot of mental garbage that tends to crowd our minds and keep us from growing spiritually. In Ephesians 5, verses 3 and 4, Paul said, But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Paul said, get all this stuff out of you. Get all that stuff out of your mind. And instead, instead of that, instead of immorality, instead of filthiness, instead of crudeness, let there be thanksgiving. That's very similar to Colossians 3, isn't it? When Paul said to put away all this spiritual and mental junk and put on that which is worthy of Christ's thinking and actions, and that includes being thankful. That includes being thankful. You know, opposite thoughts tend to crowd each other out, don't they? If we're thinking about positive things, it's really hard for, for negative things to get in there. If we're thinking about godly things, it's hard for ungodly things to get in there. If we are thinking about ungodly things and we start thinking about godly things, it pushes out the stuff that shouldn't be there in the first place. And being thankful is one thing. You just start thinking about how thankful you are to God for all of your blessings. And it will push a lot of other things out of your mind. If I read Paul's letters to the Philippians correctly, I think he's writing a letter to a disgruntled church. Some people think that the Philippians were very joyful because Paul uses the words joy, joyful, and so forth, and rejoice 15 times in the letter. But I don't think that's why he does it. You know, you don't tell people to rejoice because they're already happy. You don't tell somebody to cheer up unless they need it. I think this is a church that was down on itself. I think they were down on each other. We know that two ladies in the congregation were because in chapter 4 and verse 2, he mentions them, Euodia and Syntyche. And he says, I'm asking you, true yoke fellow, to help these two women to agree in the Lord. Because he loved both of these women. They were co-workers of his. But something had happened between them. It was creating a rift. You know what happens when things like that happen in a church? The, the center of the problem may have just been that, that quarrel between those two, but there's always those those ripples, like throwing a stone in the water, and then the stone is the original quarrel, but then the ripples just go out, and some, some folks find themselves on Yodia's side and some on Syntyche's side and so forth. Maybe that's what was bothering this whole church. We also know there was some false teaching going on around there, and that always creates dissension, and so there was, there was dissension, there were problems, there's tension in this church. 
And, and Paul says that instead of doing that, instead of focusing on that, he says, rejoice. Rejoice. Because if they're rejoicing, they're going to be pushing that other stuff out. Instead of being anxious, he said, pray about everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Being thankful is a great attitude adjuster because praying the way Paul says will, as he says, give you peace. And when you're at peace within yourself, you're more likely to be at peace with other people. And that's what he's praying for for this church, that they will that they will pray with thanksgiving in their hearts and doing that, that they'll be transformed and then they won't be so unhappy with each other. And it'll push a lot of that stuff out of, their, out of their minds. But if you're not thankful and not peaceful, then you're not likely to be at peace with others, at least not for very long. So be thankful. It's a great way to renew your mind. Being thankful also, Paul says, makes us more willing to share with other people. For several years, there was a car in our neighborhood. I never did know the people that it belonged to or the person it belonged to, but there was a car in our neighborhood, and it had a license plate that said, I-O-U-0-0-0. And, and Linda and I would often walk by that house, and I'd see that license plate, and it just gave me a cold chill. I owe you nothing. And I don't know... If maybe I was reading that correctly, the intention of the person that had it, but it gave me the impression of somebody who thought, I've gotten what I've gotten by my own effort, and I don't owe you anything. And if that's right, I can guarantee you that was not a grateful person driving that car. That was not a thankful person driving that car. Because thankful people realize how blessed they are, and being blessed and knowing that we're blessed knowing that we've been blessed far more than we deserve, we're far more willing to share with other people. I think that's one reason that Glen Allen's such a generous church. And, and this is a generous church, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm so grateful for that fact. There never has been a need that's been presented to this church that I'm aware of that hasn't been met, and more than met. You know, recently we, we took up some uh, funds to send our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, help them through a tough time in the, the orphanage at Romana. Even when, when I communicated to them how much money that was and that we were going to be sending to them, they were, they were shocked. They were shocked and so deeply grateful. I mean, tearfully grateful for it. I wasn't shocked at all because we've done that over and over and over. We've done that year after year. And why is that? It's not because we're a particularly wealthy bunch. It's not because we browbeat people about money. I can do that, but we don't typically. We don't browbeat people about money, but it's because we, we know how blessed we are. We have a sense of gratitude, don't we? We know that God's been good to us. And so when we hear about people who are needing something, when we hear about people who are in need, we want to share that with them. God is good, and he's been good to us. 
So why shouldn't we be good to others? That's just how it works. Being thankful also helps us keep focused on God, who is the source of our blessings. You know what happens when we realize how richly God has blessed us? What happens is what's been happening here this morning. We are brought to prayer and praise. We are led to worship God. Go back to Colossians 3 and verse 15. Paul said, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And then he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Somehow thankfulness and worship just go together because we want to express to God how grateful we are to him. When you know how blessed you are, you want to worship. You remember those 10 lepers that Jesus encountered in Luke 17, don't you? Who could ever forget that story? Jesus is traveling, and he's on his way to Jerusalem, actually, to die for the sins of the world. And there are ten lepers, and they're standing far off, and they're calling out to him to have mercy on them. Now, leprosy was a devastating illness. It was not only devastating physically, it was devastating emotionally, it was devastating socially. When you were diagnosed with leprosy, you became an instant outcast. You couldn't go around other people without covering your upper lip and shouting, unclean, unclean, unclean. So they'd know you were coming, they could get out of the way, make sure you didn't touch them. We're aware that the Pharisees were really big on when they came in from the marketplace, washing themselves Okay, not so much to cleanse themselves of dirt, but for ritual purity, because you never know when you might have just accidentally bumped in, even to a leper. And so you had to be ritually purified. Leprosy was a devastating illness. And so they cried out to Jesus for mercy. I guess they'd heard about him and heard that he'd healed a lot of other people. And they thought maybe he'll heal us. Maybe he'll have mercy on us. And Luke 17 doesn't say that Jesus touched them or did anything to them. He just said, go show yourself to the priest. Now, if you read the book of Leviticus, going and showing yourself to the priest is what you were supposed to do after you were cleansed of leprosy, after you got over it, all right? Then you went to show yourself to the priest because the priest functioned kind of as a public health officer, and he would look at you, and he would determine if you had leprosy still or not, and if not, he would pronounce you clean, and then you'd go offer the appropriate sacrifices. So Jesus is telling these 10 men, you go as though you've already been cleansed. You go show yourself to the priest. It's kind of a test of faith. So here they go, still carrying their leprosy on their way to the priest, and on the way, they realized they were cleansed. They were healed of this leprosy. And how many of them turned around and went back? You know, only one. Only one turned around and went back, uh, and he, he fell at Jesus' feet, and he was praising God and giving thanks to him. And Jesus, when he saw uh, this, uh, 
reaction of this man said, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Because the Bible says he was a Samaritan. I want to ask you a question. Why didn't the other nine go back? I'll tell you why they didn't go back. They weren't thankful. You might be thinking in your mind, but how could they not be thankful? They've been cleansed of leprosy. I didn't say they weren't happy. I think they were happy. But there's a difference between being happy and being thankful. Being happy and being thankful to God for whatever the blessing is that you have received. And this only this one man was truly grateful to God. The others were just happy that they were well, and they were happy to go on their way. But the one couldn't do it. He had to turn around and come back to God, to Jesus, and to praise God and to give thanks to him. If those others had been thankful, they would have returned to worship too. Being thankful helps us keep God in focus and at the center of our lives where he belongs. So I hope this, this Thursday you have a good time. It's the best holiday of the year, I think. One reason I like it is because even unbelievers celebrate it. And they talk about being thankful. And you've got to be thankful to somebody. Did you know that? You can't just be thankful into the air. You've got to be thankful to somebody. So this is a great holiday. And I hope that you enjoy it to the fullest. But as believers in Jesus, we have every reason to be thankful every day, every second of our lives. To live like Christ. To live for Christ. And as Paul would say, and be thankful. Be thankful. Are you thankful enough this morning to repent of sin and begin to follow Jesus? Are you thankful enough to be baptized into him, become his disciple? Are you thankful enough to be a part of his body and spend your life worshiping and serving him? If you are, we invite you to come today and tell us, and we'll help you. Let's stand together and sing.